Hey lovelies, before we get started, I wanted to remind you of all the different ways you can get your hands on one of my designs. Impact Fashion is a line of size-inclusive, modest clothing available in sizes 2 through 28. I personally design and pattern every single piece in the collection so that it is fitted to perfection and every single piece runs the same. That means that once you know your size, that is your size in every single piece in the collection. Pretty cool, no? You could shop the collection online at impactfashionnyc.com. Shipping is totally free in the U.S. and the return policy is, if I do say so myself, better than Amazon. You have 30 days to make a decision and don't even have to pay return shipping or any sort of annoying restocking fee. Impact Fashion can also be found at the address at American Dream Mall. The address is a curated, modest department store and definitely worth a visit if you are not an online shopping type of person. The American Dream Mall is located right next to the Meadowlands Sports Complex in New Jersey, and to get to the address, you're going to want to park in Lot C, Level 3. Make a left when you walk in, and you'll see the address on your right. I'm always happy to chat, whether that's to answer your sizing questions or just get to know each other better. Find me on Instagram and TikTok at impact.fashion.nyc or on WhatsApp status at 516-953-9391. You can also email me. It's rifky, R-I-V-K-Y, at impactfashionnyc.com. Enjoy the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Ricky Itzquist, and on today's show, I sit down with a naming and branding expert to really boil down what's in a name. We discuss the difference between advertising and branding, how I named Impact Fashion, and why domain names are not as important as you think. idea of jobs that we don't even realize are jobs. And for me, a naming specialist certainly falls into that category. Alexandra Watkins is a leader in this space. And over the course of this conversation, you'll hear how she got there and what she makes sure to do and to avoid when naming new products. I was a very creative child, as you can probably imagine. Um, But Something that uh, was really uh, unique about me is I was really messy. I was just like, my room was always a mess. And I think now that's just part of like me being creative, you know, because I'm still kind of messy. You can't see my desk, but it is really kind of a disaster. But (laughs) yeah, I just have a lot of interests. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, no, I I was uh, I grew up here in San Diego where where I live now, uh, and uh, yeah, I had a happy childhood. But yeah, I was a very creative and curious child. Were you into like specific arts or specific pursuits? Like, how did that creativity come out? Well, I like to. So my whole bedroom. So my bedroom wall was painted. My bedroom was painted pink. And I wasn't particularly girly. I just like that color. And then my, so when I was in eighth grade, my, my entire wall was covered with, I had obviously like teeny bopper posters, right? So I'm of the age where Sean Cassidy, David Cassidy, Leif Garrett, those were like the teen idols of my, the Tiger Beat A teen good idols era. of my day. Yeah. But uh, I liked ads in magazines. So my whole wall, all of my walls were covered. And I wish my parents had pictures of this, but my walls were covered in magazine ads. 
And that's when I discovered advertising when I was in eighth grade. And that's what I, I knew I wanted to be in advertising. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I really liked how clever ads were. And I wanted to do that. What about ads appeal to you? Like, what about that? I think for an eighth grader to be noticing advertisement is a little bit unusual. Were there specific industries that you were attracted to? No, no. Okay. So, you know, W Magazine, obviously. Of so, course. yeah. So, my sister and I used to collect newspapers for recycling. And one of our neighbors got W Magazine. So, you know, it was a big tabloid. And so I would go through those and look at the ads. And I, I just liked how clever some of the headlines were. And yeah, that's just what I remember is thinking, oh, I like, I like these. So, yeah, that I can see how like just because people don't really recognize that advertising is an out is an art form. Did you, you know, once you knew that you were going to go into into ads, was that something that you eventually ended up doing and, you know, pursuing professionally? Yeah. So I because I figured it out so young, I didn't want to go to college because I knew I wanted to just start working. And of course, my parents did not like that. I didn't want to mm -hmm. go to college because they were well educated, but you know, my mom always, my mom had lots of idioms and one of her favorites was you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And so they knew like, look, you know, we can send you to college, but you're not going to like it. You know, you're not going to want, it's not going to interest you. And I got bored. I got bored really easily as a child. And so that, sorry, I'm just laughing, thinking of my interest. One of my other, I always joke that one of my interests was horticulture, which was really smoking weed, but <laughs> I say horticulture. I suppose it could, cla we could classify <laughs> it that way, sure. But yeah, no, I grew up at the beach, so we smoked weed and I roller skated. And yeah, the, the inside of my locker at Mission Bay High School was like just, it was like a collage. It was super cool collage. Um, I don't know if you remember those airbrush greeting cards from Paper Moon Graphics, those really cool images, but I had a lot of those and I eventually ended up writing greeting cards for Paper Moon Graphics. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I just discovered that I was highly motivated by getting a job, you know, working and not sitting in a classroom for four more years. I didn't want to do that. So what was your first job like? Did you end up going to college? I'm oh, right. The didn't. first job. Okay. So, yeah. So um, I worked at 7-Eleven. And it's so funny because I passed by that 7 Now that I I grew up here, but then I moved away for a long time. And now I pass by that 7-Eleven and I always laugh like, oh, I work there. I drive by in my Porsche. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um yes you've come a long way baby as the virginia slims uh, uh tagline went mm. um yeah no my first job so i got i talked my way into an internship at at an ad agency and then i just started getting jobs in advertising and i was really good anytime i i needed to do you know I had a challenge. I would just find a creative solution to to get around it and find a way in. So yeah, all because I because I skipped college, so I I had to like do things a little differently. But I was able to you know eventually work my way into some big ad agencies. And how I got into naming is every once in a while I would get thrown a bone and get to name something when I worked in advertising, and I didn't know that advertising was a profession because. It it doesn't, it's not really part of advertising. It's part of branding. So when I figured 
out like, oh, this is a career. Then I switched gears and got into naming. So when you say that you were like doing these jobs and advertising versus branding, can we take a minute to just establish what the difference between those two fields are? Because I think that especially small businesses, and I certainly fell into this category when I started out, I didn't really, I thought of like my brand was my logo and like, I didn't really think of the name as part of the brand. The name was just something that I needed. And I didn't really think about it in this holistic way that I've since learned is the proper way to do it. And and can can we boil down a little bit? Like, what is the difference between branding and advertising? And where does a name fall into that ecosystem? Sure, that's a great question. So in Albert, so in branding, so your name is the first thing people see when they come in contact with your business, right? They right. They see your name, they hear it, they read it. So the name is from the beginning. So when you're developing a logo, like you said, you weren't really thinking of your name as part of the brand, but you before you make a, a logo, you need a name, right? So the name is really the foundation of your brand and everything comes out of that. And then after you, so back in the day, before social media, um, you would have to have a company and a brand and everything before you started advertising. So so I want to cut you up for a second, just for context. When you say back in the day, give give me like a specific. I'm, I'm going to be 60 years old. I know you, you your your audience can't see me, but you can. Um, and I know it's hard to believe, but I'm going to be 60 years old in two weeks. Wow! Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank wow, you. that is a huge life milestone. So when you say back in the day, are we talking about like the 80s, 90s? Yeah, the early eight, the early 80s. Okay. The early 80s. Yes. Like I started my career in 1983. So yeah, a long, long, oh my gosh, 40 years ago. Yes. Yeah, so back in the day, uh, there was advertising agencies and then there was design firms. Branding wasn't even a word that you ever heard. Um, and then it came, that kind of came into vogue when I was working in advertising and it like branding became a thing, but ad agencies don't develop logos. And branding firms don't develop ads. So they're totally separate. And so I only knew the advertising side of the business. Like the when clients had money, then they could afford to do advertising. But in the beginning, you know, now anyone can just put a, you know, an ad on Google or, you know, have a page on social media for free, right? So you can start advertising right away. But back in the day, you couldn't. So you needed to have kind of an established brand and identity before yeah. you even thought about advertising. Yeah. Or, you know, if you were a big company, obviously you in launching new products, you could, you could afford to advertising, but you know, if you were just a small business starting out, you'd have to kind of work hard to, before you could start doing that. Right. And also, I just want to pause for a second. Can you give me some examples of products that you named so people understand the conversation? Oh, that we're having? Yeah. So my claim to fame is I named the Wendy's Baconator. Um, some other names that I, that I've done that I love, uh, there's a frozen yogurt franchise that I named Spoon Me, uh, the Church of Cupcakes, um, the robotic vacuum named Neato. So when people think about a name, right, they, I will tell you where I'm coming from on this. I think that this will story may give you a little bit of a heart attack, but, uh, the way that I named my company was that I started out as a wholesale brand and in the, in the 
industry that I'm in, the truth is, is that the the wholesale brands, they didn't really need a brand so much. You just need to have good designs and be able to show it to the stores. And then the stores would buy it and it would be on the shelves and it was great. Like the, the customers were not really focusing as much then on what the individual brands in the stores were. It was like, oh, I'm going to this boutique. They have nice stuff. So I really just needed something to put on the label inside the clothes. And I was in college at the time and I could um, like open up the iMessages on my laptop so it would look like I was taking notes, but I could just be texting whoever I wanted to be texting. And I opened up a chat with my sister, who's a graphic designer, my mom, whose opinion I trust, and my cousin Goldie, who was like among the most creative people that I know. And I said, okay, everyone, we have one class to name a fashion line, go. And we just spent whatever the two hours of the lecture was just going back and forth, throwing different things. And I don't remember who suggested impact, but somebody did. And I was like, oh, impact. I like that. That feels like I knew that I wanted it to be um, like I actually wanted it to be one word originally because I just thought that that would be easier. And then I was like, oh, impact. I like it like that. OK, good. Great. We're done. Moving on to the next. And then later that night, my mom said, you know, with impact, I don't really know what you do. Why don't you call it impact fashion so people know that it's clothes? And I was like, that makes sense great. It's impact fashion. And so it has been since literally that. And a couple of months later, a friend of mine's mother said, she's like, are you sure you want to keep that name? It kind of sounds like athletic clothes, like, um, like workout gear. And I basically said to her, I was like, you know, you're probably right, but also I've already printed the labels. So that's just mm -hmm. what it is. And here we are. And it happens to be that I don't think that it's the best name. I have gone on record as saying this, but I also feel like when it comes to this kind of stuff, impact fashion now means something to so many people because people are familiar with the brand and they know the kind of product that I put out and the quality of the product and everything there. It has kind of taken on this life of its own and kind of, I guess, superseded its own terrible nameness, if that makes sense. What, what, what are your thoughts terrible, on all of that? It's not a terrible name. I mean, you could never get impact today. Like the trademark would not be available. But if somebody were to be like be naming a company now, what are the kinds of things that they should consider when coming up with a name? Well, okay. So fashion is so different than anything anything else. And I think people fall in love with their own names because there are, you know, obviously there's a lot of fashion brands that are named after people, but when something's named after a person, it, it, it doesn't say anything about the brand. Right. Right. So if you look at like, you know, Versace, right. Which is a cool Italian name. Um, it, it wasn't an overnight success and it still says if, if, if Versace were to launch today, um, people here would pronounce it Versace. Like right. I think Brooke Shields pronounced it that way one time. Um, or maybe she didn't, maybe my hairdresser that met Brooke Shields pronounced it that way to her and what embarrassed himself. I don't, I don't, I can't remember. Um, but, or Calvin Klein, right. It's hard to launch with your own name and just start there because your name says nothing about you. Um, I like names that like Juicy, right? Juicy Couture. Right. That's such a cool name, right? Like, like that's, that has, it's sexy, you know, it's, it's young and fresh. It's got all that going for it. Um, it's funny, like a name like Hollister, 
Hollister's like this dusty town. I'm sure like it's gotten a lot of tourists. Is Hollister going there a real because, place? Yeah. It's a I town did not know that. in California. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's a sleepy little town in the in the Central Valley. Like I yes, like a dusty town. Um, so but it's it's hard clothing, like it's really hard for us to do clothing names because so many things are taken we've been working with dr Scholz recently and so it, naming new footwear for them and we were also naming uh speaking speaking of athletic brands we're also working with a company called victory naming some new insults for them and both of those assignments were ridiculously hard because it falls under clothing and there are i mean oh my gosh I had no idea how many work boots there were like work. We weren't naming work boots, but like a lot of names we came up with for victory for the victory company for the insoles were like the same names of work boots. Right. Uh. So, but we eventually did land on a name that, that did clear trademarking and same with Dr. Scholes, but it's hard. So, but I would say try harder, you know, just don't spend like, I look, you lucked out. You spent two hours between a class trying to come up with the name no during a class i want that oh, to be very a, right, clear during a class during, during a class a very boring right, class um, right during a class no it's it's you got to spend more time than that um and don't look here's the thing not to do don't start by looking for a domain name who cares what your domain name is no one that's so um, interesting because i care what my domain name is i actually like really that's so yeah. funny that that's something that shouldn't matter to me when i see like like a a dot net or like a, a dot io i think like i don't these people are not real like it's got to be a dot com maybe this is just the old timer in me coming out a little bit but no you're right dot com is king um but that's but you can still have a dot com just add like your impact is your domain name is your domain name is an impact it's impact fashion correct? so it's actually impact fashion nyc because impact fashion was not available and again as we've established, I did not give a lot of consideration to this name. Um, yeah, it's Impact Fashion NYC, like New York City, which yeah, was I get a that. very, yeah. which was like very common at the time for for fashion brands. And okay. I also just liked the idea of, first of all, New York based brand, and also yeah. uh, manufactured in New York, which uh, is really important to me. So I really like the idea of having that be established. Yeah, I would have preferred to have had just Impact Fashion, but someone was sitting on it and wanted like ten thousand dollars, I think, for it. So. No. First of all, I think NYC is great. And I agree. It it adds this like uh cachet. Oh, cachet. I love those clothes from Cachet. Yeah, those are great. Um, that's a brand that went, they went out of business. Cachet and Georgiou, that was another one, another one that I loved. I used to live in San Francisco and I would go into, I live right, right around the corner from their retail, not their retail, from like their warehouse. And like, oh my God, that those were great days. It was skinny. I fit into everything they made. <laughs> um so with domain names uh, look just add a modifier word so if like you were smart you could you were smart not to spend 10 grand to get impactfashion.com because somebody parked it and was sitting on it and you got impact fashion nyc that's smart you can always add 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 a word fashion i like i like nyc um, anything, uh, if you have like in San Francisco, 415, there's a lot of cachet with that area code. I still, even though I've lived in San Diego for six years, I still have my 415 number because it's, you know, in, you know, innovation circles, like, oh, San Francisco, you know, hotbed of, you know, 
uh, startups and creativity. So anything that you can do, like one time um, I was naming this conference, I named it Manifesto and we did Manifesto 411 because it was just an information site that, for people that wanted information on the conference. Another time I was naming this, uh, it was a education site for crypto and Bitcoin and, and I named it Goodbit. And then the, it was Goodbit 101 was the domain name that we got. So yeah, if you can put a number so you're in your talking domain. about qualifiers that make sense, basically. Yeah, not they just have to adding make like, sense. Not just adding like shop impact fashion, which is, sounds really clunky to me. It, yeah, it does. But, but um, I think for, th when it comes to things like, you know, hello is friendly, you know, right. So like that, but yeah, so my domain, I was lucky. I got eatmywords.com for $1,200, which is oh, nice. a steal. Yeah. I mean, it was almost 20 years ago that I got it. And when I first wanted it, it wasn't for sale. So I got eatmywords.biz and I thought .biz would really take off because it's kind of a biz is such a cool, fun business. It's just a, I don't know, there's just a clunky words as well as, you know, shop. And I thought biz would take off and it didn't. And I still have my eat my words biz business cards because they're my business cards are super cute. <laughs> um, but I have the dot com now and but I could be eat my words, so meet my words.com, but I could be eat my words branding, eat my words brand names, eat my right. words naming, eat my words names. Like is anything I could add. And then when you add that word, it's like, you know. When you added fashion, it signals, hey, it's a fashion brand. And just like, you know, anyone listening can add the word fashion. What are some other, or style, I think is a great word. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So if it's something that can add on to the overall understanding of the brand, then I could see how that would be helpful. Yeah. I'm curious how your naming process changes when you're, working on a new product that people are not familiar with. Like everybody knows what clothes are, right? We know right. We, we have a basic understanding of what a dress is, but if somebody is coming to you with a new type of something, like a new invention, how are you thinking about that naming process differently than with something that people might be more familiar with? Well, sometimes we'll suggest that they add a modifier. So we were working on naming the first breathalyzer for cannabis that law enforcement would use. And so it needed to say cannabis breathalyzer or, you know, something like that in the descriptor otherwise, because it is, it is hard to squeeze everything into like a couple words. So, um, or sometimes like look at Groupon, right? Groupon was an outlier. They came up with something brand new and it was, you know, at the time it was a group coupon. So they, they invented a word that, you know, it was group plus coupon. Like everybody knew Pinterest, you know, pinning your interest, um, Dropbox, dropping something into the box. So there are ways to do it. Are you in general in favor of made up words? Uh, I'm in favor of a made up word if it meets the trifecta and the trifecta is it has to sound like a real word. Uh, Groupon sounds like a real word. Pinterest sounds like a real word. It has to be intuitive to spell like Groupon is, and it needs to be intuitive to pronounce again, Groupon. 
Um, we named a, a a beer growler. Those are I don't know if you know what those are. I have no idea. We, yeah, we don't have them out here on the West Coast, but they're uh they're these jugs that you put. You go you go to like a growler bar, which is like this beer on tap, and then you fill up your growler, which is a big jug. You fill it up with beer, and then you bring it home, and you can drink draft beer at home. So it's like big gulps for beer. Correct. That's a great okay. way to describe it. Yes. Big gulps for beer. That would be a good name for it if Big Gulp wasn't already taken. <laughs> but we named it Chuggernaut. So Chuggernaut. Oh, I love that. Thank you. So you know how to spell it, right? Because it's, right, like, it's, oh, it's like, it's like Juggernaut with a C, right? Like C-H, Chuggernaut. Um, another, yeah. So I'll tell you, I have so many fun. I love, I love, I love a good coin name. Um, some other ones I love, um, in Oakland, California, they have a brand called Oaklandish. So it's like, you know, like outlandish, but it's Oaklandish. Um, there's, um, Oaksterdam University is, <laughs> is where you can learn all about cannabis. Um, so they have a lot of fun with that. Um, oh, uh, well, these are kind of made up. So, um, I'm in favor of using your own name if you can do something fun with it. So I I live in a place called Point Loma in San Diego, and I'm I run all the business memberships for the Point Loma Association. And we had a guy join the other day named Stan, and he's a real realtor, and his company is called Stan Diego Real mm -hmm. Estate Group. And then uh, we have a company here called Paint Loma, like Point Loma. So like, I'm, I'm, I love, you know, people love a good pun. They make, they make a smile. If you can make someone smile, they will remember you. Right. right. And so, also the, in those particular examples, you're talking about things that are highly localized, right? Like a real yeah, estate agent yeah. only in that area. Of someone exactly. Who same with painting, same with the right. painting company. Right. Give me your examples of the bad ones and why they're terrible. Um, Lernia. Learnia is a lazy name. It takes a, a word, learn, and it adds a couple letters on the end, Learnia. It's bad because it's lazy. To me, adding a couple letters is the laziest way to coin a name. It's lazy. Also, Learnia sounds like hernia. Um, anything with Vana, right? So Tivana, like there's so many Vanas out there. And when I was writing the second edition of my book, I was sitting right here in my pool house looking outside and I'm like, what else has Vana with it? Because there's like beer Vana. There's a million things with Vana. Nirvana. So I like looked outside and I saw our grill and I'm like, grill Vana. I Googled it. Yep. There it is on Amazon, grill Vana. So like, yeah, anything, anything like if I, if I like Spotify, like everybody copied Spotify. There's so many if I's. So Wait, there was also a lot of Lee's for a long time. Oh yeah. The dot like, L Y. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the Callan Lee's and the Grammarly. Oh my God. Grammarly. Grammarly is most serious violator ever. Grammarly is a grammatically incorrect name for a grammar checking website. That name sucks so bad. Oh, that's um, so interesting that you say it that way. Cause Grammarly is an adverb and a name should not be an adverb. Like why any is it adverb is a lame, is lame. That's just a lame name. Is you, by the way, speaking of, because you were talking about like .io. Okay, quiz. Okay, what does .io, what, because uh, you know, like, that all of these, like, top level domain name, the country code ones, do you have any idea what .io, what country? What country it is? Yeah, or what 
It's so funny. Area. I have no idea if it's a country. I just know that a lot of apps use it. That like a lot of like software as a service SaaS products yeah. are usually .io. I assume that it was related to that somehow. I didn't realize. Is it a country? It's a it's an area. Not a clue. Indian Ocean territories. Oh, buzz off. That's okay. ridiculous. Dot L-Y. L-Y? Yeah, like for all the adverb yeah. names, Yeah, I right? know. I'm trying to think. L-Y has got to be, I don't know. Libya. <laughs> and guess what? I've been to Libya, and I did not know that when I was in Libya. You don't want a domain name from a country that's super vol volatile. Yeah, you generally don't want to be associated with dictators and yeah mass oppression not a good thing you mentioned that when it comes to fake names you have this trifecta of um you know criteria that it should stick to in general what if whether we're using a fake word or not what are the rules what are the things that i want to make sure my name hits when i'm naming a product a company a service anything okay great question i have a really good answer for you I have developed a 12-point name evaluation test. It's called the Smile and Scratch Test, and it's based on my philosophy that a name should make you smile instead of scratch your head. So SMILE is an acronym for the five qualities that make a name awesome, and Scratch is the flip side. Those are the seven de deadly deal breakers, and uh if it makes you scratch your head, scratch it off the list. So let's go through the five qualities that make a name great. Smile. So the first one is suggestive. You're, and this is where so many fashion brand names fail. Look, yours doesn't because impact, like you want your, you want what you're wearing to make an impact, you know, a visual impact. You know, it, I always say like, like your name is like your shoes. You only have that first chance to make a good impression. So uh, so your name, your name totally works, but suggestive, you want your name to suggest something about what your brand is or does. Um, and most, you know, your own personal name, most people's personal name does not. Then you want, then the M and smile stands for memorable. And this again, comes back to if you use your own personal name and it's not memorable, and you're not San Diego, right? Like that's just so, so, and that guy's last name is a mile long, but everyone can remember San Diego. Right. Um, so you want your name to be memorable. And that means it's got to be based on something that people are already familiar with. Then like Juicy, like, and Juicy is a great, a great name because Juicy, it's suggestive, right? It's, it's a sexy name. It's memorable because we all know Juicy, um, by the way, there was a juice bar in in Venice Beach named I Love Juicy. Is that like the best name? That's great, actually. <laughs> and then, sometimes I can't remember if something was real or if I made it up in my head. <laughs> That's what happens when you're really old. No, it happens when you've been doing this a long time. Okay, <laughs> then the I in smile stands for imagery. When people hear your name or they see it, if they can picture something in their head, it will be easier for them to recall later on. And that just plays right back into memorability because we want people to remember our name. Then the L in smile stands for legs. And that's when your name lends itself to a theme. So you can have fun with it. And mm. um, so like example, eat my words. 
our our blog is called the kitchen sink we have a menu of services our icon is a pink refrigerator and uh yeah so you can you know if your name lends itself to a theme you can have a lot of fun and then finally the e and smile stands for emotional you want your name to make an emotional connection with people or it's going to go right over their head so that's so smile. when you say an emotional connection how do we know if how people will react to something before it's out there in the world and people you have a chance people, to react to like it? look at right now like i'm looking at you and when i say names like you know we named the gps for dogs retriever how oh, cute and like see i can see i can see you smile so that's right. like if you can say your name to someone and look at their why face, would dogs need a gps because they get lost because they run away. Oh, like, oh, like a, like a oh, chick like, to, yeah, to a find them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To I was just them. picturing a dog with like a smartphone <laughs> with ways or something. That's that funny. Sucked. That That's just hilarious. speaks to my own level of exhaustion right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, somebody should make a, a GPS for dogs so that they know where to go so that they can find, <laughs> it should speak in barks and uh, communicate with them telepathically or something. That's actually pretty oh, wait, great. I have to tell you a cute name when you said bark. Um, there's a dog wash and the lounge, the dog log lounge area was called Barka Lounger. Barka oh, Lounge. That's, that's yeah. cute. Yeah. That, there's so that's many very sweet. Names. Take me through Scratch. What, uh, okay. what What are the things we want to avoid? Yeah, these are the deal breakers. Um, spelling challenged. If your name looks like a typo, scratch it off the list. You want your name to be friction free. And if it's hard for people to spell or if they butcher it, you know, their emails Is are going to get returned. Is this like somebody who like uses a, uh, a, an, a, a, a pluralized word, but spells it with a Z falls in? Cause that uh, yeah. makes me want to cry. Yeah. Those are, that's like, just, just lame. Don't, don't do that. It's annoying. It's also, it just looks stupid. It just yeah, makes it does look, look stupid. Dumb. It does. Oh, so there's a, I'm doing a, a webinar later today for this inventors group I belong to. And one of the names I'm showing is um, it's not a Z, it's an X. Um, but it's this is a Shark Tank fail, and it was socks that came in pairs of three. So oh, yeah, if I you lost one. one, remember those, and they're called Throcks, but it's Rocks, called sure. T H R O X. Look, I give a pass to Spanx because I just think Spanx is a really fun word. And, and also Spanx, I, I know how to spell, but Throx, yeah. the, the TH is confusing. Yeah. It's very, it's Throx. also, it's very, there's very few words in the English language that, that go THR. Like yeah. I can think of through and thoroughbred th and I can't even say that word, That like it's thoroughbred and that's not even a THR, that's T-H-O now that I think about it. It's just, a, it's too many front of the mouth sounds. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Coming from Rocks. a kid who had a well, speech impediment. <laughs> with rocks it runs with rocks so i would just think it's spelled oh, but look at nike right yeah, talk right. about fashion brands right like but nike people pronounce it nike and i know this because if you google i did this i googled how do you pronounce nike and i knew how to pronounce it but i wanted to see how many people were googling that like there's you know a gazillion hits and then one guy works at a i saw this runner's blog and he said like all these people come into his store his running store and ask for night where are the nikes do you carry nikes wow. so yeah um, so nobody people... is immune is what you're saying yeah but but if you look at it it looks like it's pronounced night right right no it, that, and that makes sense and try yeah right. yeah so okay so we have um spelling challenge um the first thing in scratch ends for copycat yeah don't 
don't copy somebody else's name. Just be original. You know, why be somebody else when you can be yourself, especially with fashion? That's important. Then the R stands for restrictive. And that's where you outgrow your name because you're not looking into the future. Um, what would be an example of a name that would be easy to outgrow? Uh, one is, uh, look at Burlington Coat Factory. Mm, do you remember so their ads used to always say we're more than just coats? Yeah. I do remember and that. Then it I used say, to get great coats not, from there. Not if, I know that was a cool store, but they, you know, it's funny. There's one here where I live in San Diego and it's way more than coats. I mean, that's the coolest stuff. They have so many fun, cool, like gifty stuff. And yeah, it's way more than coats, but like, if you were just driving by, like you, you weren't bombarded with those commercials, uh, like we all were back in the 80s, 90s, that to know that they're more than just coats, you might not ever go in that store because right. it's Burlington Coat Factory. So they outgrew their name. They, I'm sure they started out with coats. And then also like all of their, so their tagline was, it was Burlington Coat Factory. We're more than just coats. And then it was, they had to always do this disclaimer, not affiliated with, with Burlington Industries. So like right. they should have just, based on those two things, they should have changed their name. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a restrictive name. And then the, let's see, S-C-R-A stands for annoying. And annoying is, here's an example from your industry. Um, Serena Williams came out with a fashion line and it was her name spelled backwards. Serena spelled backwards. Okay, I'm gonna Why wait. Why do I have no memory of this? So it's a near, an Anaris. Yeah, yeah, you're making my point. And and <laughs> yeah, a yeah. Aneris. I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting but onerous, which is not a word that you need to <laughs> that, like. You want to have. But look who does spell her name backwards and it works is Oprah, right? Because it spells Harpo, which is a right. real word. And that's fun. And that's the name of her Harpo production Harpo was a real word? I thought that was just her production company name. It sounds no, like Harpo, a real word. Harpo Marx was a, Harpo Marx sure. was a, was a the Marx Brothers. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever connected that Harpo was Oprah backwards. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Right. That's her production company, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, okay, so that people, makes sense. So people so don't be... intuitively spell backwards. So that's annoying. What's annoying is if you have a number in the middle of your name. So if it was, you know, if you were called Coast to Coast, but the two in Coast to Coast was a new a number two, you're always going to have to tell people that. Anytime you have to explain your name to somebody, you're essentially apologizing for it and that devalues your brand. Oh, that's such a good way of thinking of it. An explanation is an apology. It yeah, is. That, that makes an a lot of sense. Explanation is an apology. I like that, just how you phrased it like that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a condenser. That makes a lot of sense to, to, to think about it that way. So if A is for annoying, what's T? The T, sorry, I'm still processing what you said. It's really good. It's, it's, and it's making me think of another thing, which is and before we get to T, anytime you ask someone what they think, and look, you asked, you asked your friend Goldie and you asked your mom for naming ideas and that's okay you can ask for ideas but anytime you ask people what do you think of this what do you think of that you know you're doing survey monkeys that when you ask someone what they think that's an invitation to criticize right that's not necessarily a bad thing but that is what it is it is what but it's all they want to do is criticize you know what don't you what 
when when you ask someone what do you think of this name what they hear is what don't you like about this name that's so, so interesting because my experience has really been the opposite that oh. uh, with with the experience of and this is not with naming specifically but just in general and asking opinions with a couple of exceptions of people who I know will always give me an honest answer, I find that people are a little too concerned about hurting my feelings that they don't want to give full feedback because they know that what they're looking at is something that I personally have worked on because I am so closely tied with my designs. That's something that oh, you should have my boyfriend. He will. He won't. He doesn't care about that. <laughs> when he I will. need brutal honesty. <laughs> yes, he doesn't care. No, he no. But that the good thing is when he likes one of my names, like I know it's a really good name because he yeah. likes it. Not I like I actually with my husband every now and then <laughs> like I'll show him what I'm working on or whatever but he's what he's he's a very well-dressed guy but like women's fashion is not his thing and every now and then I'll I'll show him something be like oh yeah this is a new design that I'm working on and he'll be like oh that's really nice I'm like oh we really like this one as opposed to other ones where he'll just be like yeah I don't get it I just don't this is not this is not working be like yeah wait till you see the sample you'll get it or or maybe you won't there and there are things in my collection that he doesn't like and that's fine too um but yeah that's that's an interesting way to think about opinions what does the t in scratch stand for oh wait sorry you just gave me an idea Please. um when you said collection that would make a great word for domain name right like right. impact collection that like that's a really that's a, yeah that's a good qualifier word that's I a like good that. that's a really good substantial name that sounds like established right right i like yeah. that yeah yeah okay. i hear that the T stands for tame and tame just means that, you know, it's flat, it's uninspired, it doesn't stand out and you don't want to be a wallflower. Mm. You want to, wallflower would make a great name for, I don't know for what, but it's, well, the wallflowers are been. It feels like a perfume to me. It does feel like, but it's like such a sad, do you don't want to be a wallflower? Right. <laughs> right. It's kind of a, it's a sad, it's a sad word, it's but a sad I'll find a, I'll find a, I'll find a, 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 re, a place to use it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, don't be, don't be shy. You have to stand out. Then uh, the second C in scratch ends for the curse of knowledge. Okay. Curse of knowledge is when something is foreign to people, whether it's a foreign word and like stay away from French. Americans do not know how to pronounce French words. You know, look, have you ever been in a French restaurant and wanted to order something on the menu, but you didn't know how to pronounce it? So either you didn't order it or you pointed to it or you embarrassed yourself in front of your your Literally your just had this date. experience last night with Italian. Really? Literally. Yeah, went to well, went out with a friend of mine and we opened the menus and we knew that the food was good. And I just looked it up. I looked up at her and I said, we're going to sound like such idiots when we order. Because there's no way that we are not butchering this. And you know what? We did. And the food was great. So it didn't matter. But yeah, it's that same kind of, yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So that's, yeah, curse of knowledge. So make sure people know. Oh, oh, oh the, um, you know, the, um, the cooking store, Sur La Table, and it looks like Sur La Table. And I'm sure people do call it. I know people call it Sur La Table because they used to work in a, building that had one on the the basement and i would be in the elevator with people going there and they would say surly table well yeah because because it looks like surly table. english in this country yeah exactly like, exactly right okay and then lastly the h and scratch ends for hard to pronounce and you know that oh kiss of death right, right there yeah 
yeah, hard to pronounce. You do not want to name that people can't pronounce or that they pronounce two different ways. There's a company, it's spelled C-R-I-C-U-T. Oh, how do the you cricket pre- machines. Yeah, so it- you know cricket, but I say crycut. And I just- I said cricut with- for a long time. See, so yeah. I just work with this woman named Abby and Abby Christian is, is the queen of, of cricket. And when she came to me, I didn't know that it was called cricket. I called it cricket and and she didn't correct me. And she told me half the people call it cricket and half call it cricket. But if, if I was getting into crafting and someone said, oh, you've got to try cricket and someone else is trying me, telling me you have to try cricket. I would have no idea they were talking about the same thing. And also, if you told me you've got to try cricket, I would spell it like the bug. I yeah, would yeah, of go course. C-R-I-C-K-E-T because that's of how you course. spell cricket. Yeah. Yeah, all, yeah. all of that makes perfect sense. We could absolutely positively go on for so much more time, but we are at the end of our rope. Uh, okay. And uh, if somebody wants to learn more about you, about Eat My Words, about what they do, where can they go? Where can they find you? Go to eatmywords.com. Beautiful. See, it's easy to spell. It's easy to pronounce. It's easy to remember. <laughs> it fits all of the criteria. Uh, the yeah. last thing. That I- oh, I was just gonna say, we you can run your name through the smile and scratch test on our website. Just on the homepage, click on test a name, and it's an interactive test, and it will ask you questions along the way and give you your results. Oh, I'm definitely gonna play around with that. That sounds really fun. Uh, to to end off, I asked. I've been asking this question to everyone lately, and it's so fun to see everybody's different answers. As you know, this is the Be Impactful podcast, and it's all about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. And I would love to know from you, where do you feel in your life you've had the most impact? Oh, just creating, just with my book. You know, my book is called Hello, My Name is Awesome. And I know it's impacted thousands of people because it's helped them create names that make people smile instead of scratch their head. Love that. Thank you so much for coming on today, Alexandra. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Kate. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Alexandra, her links are in the show notes. On last week's episode, I spoke with Yael Trush of the Jewish Money Matters podcast about money. Listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of impact fashion. The clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 28 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 19 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getorders.org slash recalcitrant-parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Thetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowitz. Catch me on all the socials at impact.fashion.myc. You've spent quite a bit of time listening to me, and now it's my turn to listen to you. By just answering a few questions in a short listener survey, you can share feedback about show content you'd like to see in the future and help me shape Be Impactful into the best showcase of female voices out there. Even better, once you've completed the survey, you'll receive an exclusive code to shop impactfashionnyc.com as my thanks. The survey is short and sweet and will help me keep bringing you content you love. Just go to impactfashionnyc.com slash survey. Again, that's impactfashionnyc.com slash survey. And thank you so much in advance.